welcome home. This is Audio EXP for the 5th of November 2022 and the title is Scotland Loves Anime. Bandit Camp are in the spotlight this month as voted for by patrons. I haven't told Bandit Camp yet so I'm running a bit behind but I am confident I can get back in touch with Ben. I do have their email address. I also know that I can point out that all 340 pages of Wicked Ones a tabletop RPG in which you play monsters building a dungeon and designed by Bandit Camp are free on DriveThruRPG. You can find that link in the podcast transcript and a link to that is in the show notes. There wasn't a podcast last week because I was off at an anime festival here in Edinburgh and that event is Scotland Loves Anime. starts in Glasgow before coming here to Edinburgh. It's a charity event but Anime Limited, also based in Glasgow, does much of the heavy lifting. Anime Limited was recently bought by one of the entertainment arms of Embracer, so congratulations to Andrew Partridge and his team. I almost didn't recognise Andrew Partridge when he got up on stage at the start of the festival. He's now rocking a beard and long hair, and it suits him. Since I spent last week in a chair, eating junk food, watching films, I'm miles behind in my blog and working. This week, I've mainly been catching up on that day job. You know, it pays the bills. But I am off to see One Piece film Red this weekend, a US and UK cinematic release for which Anime Limited is responsible for here in the UK. In other words, I'm still catching up and there's still anime coming. There is gaming news and bundles also to come, but let's do the December vote for the RPG publish the spotlight first and then talk about anime later. The candidates for the spotlight are Wordmill, Charles Ipsen, Coco Publishing, Gamescape 3D and Handiwork Games. And then podcast supporters can vote on Patreon. Scotland Loves Anime nearly didn't happen. The Edinburgh venue, the home of the International Film Festival, announced it was immediately going into administration and this was just two weeks before Scotland Loves Anime was due to start. COVID-19 was tough on cinemas, but the cost of living crisis, heating bills, and the UK's dependence on fossil fuels finally killed the old theatre. It was going to cost an additional £200,000 to heat the building. This week, a campaign was launched to save it, but that wasn't in time to help Scotland Loves Anime. I also believe the charity is still to be refunded by the administrators. I can confirm there's a GoFundMe to try and pay the former staff for the last month of employment, and there's a link to that in the transcript too. Edinburgh's Cameo Cinema stepped in. It must have been a frantic rush to move everyone over. I know some people cancelled their tickets in the days between the film house closing and the new venue being confirmed. I suppose I can't fault them but I am pleased I stuck to my guns knowing that the worst case scenario would be the money I spent not resulting in me seeing any anime, but some of it may be getting to the filmhouse creditors. In the end, the handover was seamless. I didn't even need new tickets. To get into the cameo screenings, I just needed to show my digital copy of those filmhouse tickets to stewards at the door. I then had to find a seat. In the weekdays, we saw old films and some TV episodes curated and shown on the big screen. 
for most people in the world and me, it was one last chance, perhaps an only chance, to see those shows on the cinematic screen. The theme was, I think, about isolation that technology and change can bring. It was dark reasonably often. Come Friday, we had the new material. And I'm going to start this whirlwind tour with the Garden of Remembrance. It's only about 20 minutes long, and I suppose you can call it an art project. If you're cruel, you could call it a vanity project, but I liked it. The worldwide premiere was a good way to help transition from the week's theme of isolation to the weekend, as it was all about a woman moving on from loss and grief. It also had ghostly emoji. We saw the European premiere of Hula Fula Dance. Yes, it's an anime about hula dances, and I'd call it one of the festival's surprise hits. If you take everything at face value, and I don't, there's also a supernatural element. Another strong performer was Her Blue Sky. This is another slice of life, but rather than following a young woman growing up after the loss of her sister, we follow a young woman growing up after the loss of her parents, and our hero is raised by her sister. Her Blue Sky is definitely supernatural, but it's a mystery as to what type of supernatural it is. You see, there is a ghost, except this is a spirit of a person who isn't dead. I promise this is the podcast's last dead sister anime, but the Tunnel to Summer, the exit of goodbyes, was also featured at the festival, and I think this might be a 2023 hit, but it didn't win either of the festival's two awards. The winner was Goodbye Don Glees, which I was lucky enough to see in August. In the tunnel to summer, the exit of goodbyes, two teens with home life troubles find a magic tunnel. Time in the tunnel passes differently from the outside. So while they can explore it and change the world by doing so, it costs them outside time. A few minutes in the initial exploration cost a week of outside time. So, should they explore it to try and rescue a sister who died in the past? And if they do, how much time warping magic will they need? What will the cost be? A slice of life drama without any supernatural elements at all is Blue Thermal. I think Don Glees is better, but Blue Thermal was my second favourite anime of the festival. It's all about a happy young woman who goes to college and almost immediately breaks a very expensive glider in an accident. So she's roped into the guiding club to pay back the damages or at least to help out. Our hero is a force for positive change and reminds us why friends who emote happy energy are great for our mental health. And blue thermal, shots of the sky and the landscapes are stunning. It's a feel-good feature length with only some jeopardy. But my favourite was Seven Days War. It starts with a cute girl running away with a school friend to celebrate her birthday before taken away to Tokyo by her parents. The friend, who fancies her, is more than happy to facilitate. But his romantic plans are thwarted when she promptly invites a bunch more friends. I think it's both a reflection of modern Japanese society and heartwarmingly uplifting. We also had sci-fi, including one more Neon Genesis Evangelion, which I didn't bother to review as it's now only for die-hard fans, although it's better than the previous one. The audience didn't rate The Break of Dawn highly, but I liked it. 
It's a near-future anime with a comet passing overhead and the world looking up. Meanwhile, for anybody looking around, the old is being replaced by the new, and we've got smart robots as household helpers. The story is all about what happens when an alien spacecraft is able to contact one of those smart bots. The last film I mention is Mobile Suit Gundam, Kuro's Doan's Island, which didn't do it for me at all. I'm not much of a Gundam fan, though I am tempted by The Witch from Mercury, the latest series. The real-life story of this feature-length is interesting, though, as the anime is based on the 15th episode of the very original series. This episode managed to slip through the usual quality controls and was awful in terms of plot and in animation. In response, the director swore it would never be seen again. Now, 40 years later, the studio is rebooting the episode as a movie. I still think it makes no sense at all, as it has would-be heroes inexplicably bringing kids to war zones rather than evacuating them. But let's move on to geeky news, not anime, which has happened since the last podcast, and there are some impressive bundles to come. In the last two weeks, I've published two interviews with Chris Birch of Modiphius, in the first, we talk about Raw vs. Evil and Via Modifius, both are different types of help. In the second, we talk about license deals, ambition and direction. Two freebies to highlight. Two freebies to highlight start with the starter set of the post-apocalyptic steampunk Ecremy. It's French, and it's coming to Kickstarter for an English version. There's also the World Anvil's Dead Air. That's an eco-post-apocalyptic RPG coming to Backerkit, and it's Italian. Geeknator's brief preview of the official Dungeons & Dragons Young Adventures Guide Dragons & Treasures might help with your gift-buying this year. The look that we have of WizKiz's Tarasca model, Tarasca, is that how you pronounce it, will only help you with gift-buying if you're rich and generous. I mean, it is a great-looking monster, but it's not cheap. In bundles, on the bundle of holding, there's the Made for Two Cthulhu Confidential and the Weird West of Weird Frontiers. Both deals are timed for Halloween, but are still alive today. And there are some biggies on Humble. There's a Pathfinder and Starfinder deal that includes the physical edition of the Beginner's Box. There's the impactful Heavy Metal Comics bundle and a range of iconic computer RPGs too. And lastly... There's Ralph Macchio's Waxing On, The Karate Kid and Me book, which UK readers can win. So let's finish up there. Happy Stranger Things Day, and I'll see you next week.